The wait is agonizing for more than 150 families who have yet to hear any news about loved ones missing after the apartment building collapsed in Surfside, Florida. Four more bodies were recovered yesterday, bringing the death toll to nine. CBS's David Begno is there. What they've done is dig a trench beneath the rubble. So far, it's 125 feet long and 40 feet deep. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. What's your deal, man? Yes, my name is Brian. Stone on Air on Nougat Radio 92.7. Well, hello there. How in the hell are you? This is Nigger Radio 92.7. The Stone on Air radio show and podcast. It is Monday, the final Monday of June. The month that's supposed to be my second favorite has been anything but. As a matter of fact, it's probably been my least favorite month as we're now halfway through this thing. At least we'll be halfway through it officially on Thursday. So I welcome July. I welcome July with my arms wide open. It's just been a non-stop month of obligations and deadlines and places to be and work to finish. And there was a vacation week in there too, which was probably the most frustrating part of the entire month. As I learned, never take a nine-day vacation ever again. No matter what you're doing or where you're going, that's too much. That's too long, at least based on the way that I live my disastrous life at times. That was too long. But, uh, yeah, June, uh, I've, I've had enough of June. Summer's officially here. Holy jeez, 91 today, 91 tomorrow, 90 the next day. It is here. It is hot. It is humid. We got a couple-day break from it last week, more than a couple days, three, four days solid of low humidity, but you knew that wouldn't last that long. And it is 4th of July week, pre-week, and so as I talk about being busy and deadlines and places to be and things to do, it might be the biggest week of the year. It rivals Memorial Day. Labor Day also is in the conversation for biggest week in the beer industry. July 4th, probably in the end, tops them all sales-wise. And that's, so it's the week leading up. So the 4th is on Sunday. And um, so we are in pre-4th of July week. So the deadlines, the tiredness, the hours to be filled will not uh, will not ease up right now, and uh, so that it's going to be a, it's going to be another long week. And um, I'll get to uh, how my weekend went because of that here in just a matter of a couple of seconds. I want to uh, get to a couple of things just to lay out the show for you here real quick. I'm Brian. He's Keon. We'll take up the last two hours of the morning for you, us together here, and then him by himself looking back at a weekend of sports. And those damn hawks. Fell apart in the fourth quarter last night. Um, I'll get you three pieces of audio here in the neighborhood of uh, seven, six or seven minutes from right now. I'll get you the worst idea. 
just another thing. Didn't know what to call it. And then, as always, the coolest thing brought to you by Seaborn Commercial Refrigeration, all coming up here in around five or six minutes from right now. Uh, in the second segment of the show, I went to Walmart on Sunday. Wasn't the best idea I ever had. But based on the settings that I had, I put together an entire radio segment in my head while I was there. And I'm going to do that in the second segment of the show. And, oh, here goes Brian talking about hourly pay and wages again. Hey, enough already. Well, I get you, I, I got you another angle on that coming up in the second segment of the show. And uh, clean up a few things from the weekend, uh, the Sunday and Monday paper, which I actually have in front of me. Bounce around for a few things on the way out. And then just the heartbreak of this condo collapse in uh, in in Miami. And, and after being at a condo that looked just like it three weeks ago, except this was in Alabama, Gulf Shores. It's one of those, when tragedy hits, it doesn't, it doesn't pull at my heart unless I can identify with it. And just because of being in something so similar so recently, it, uh, there's identifiable nature to it. And uh, just talk about that for a few minutes on the way out the door here in just a few. But this weekend, I've been, I've been talking about during the, the pandemic that it has changed me like no other time period in my life as an adult has. And that's still true. But I even got, I got to where I got happy that I didn't have to deal with, you know, the FOMO kind of stuff, the fear of missing out. Because that, that, that ate me alive as a young person, as a teenager and all through my 20s. And really, most of my 30s too. I hate to admit it, but it's true. That fear of missing out thing. If everybody else is having fun, I have to have fun too. And that arrogance of, well, what are people going to think if I'm not there at the cool event too? Bro, nobody cares if you're there. <laughs> Nobody cares if you come to the party or not. Uh, but there was always that little bit of feeling of like, well, if I'm not there, people are not going to think I'm cool. What's going on? This is, I don't know what to do. I, I, I've got to be there. I got to go. I got to stop. I got to go now. Well, I've been f- growing out of that for a, 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 some time now. But I was put to the test this weekend because I was looking at all the stories on Instagram and Snap and a little bit of Facebook I give some eyeballs to. And I'm just like, man, there are so many things to do. So many fun things to do this weekend. We're finally, I mean, normalcy is somewhat mostly back. Whether that's good or bad, I'll let you guys go argue that until you're blue in the face. I don't care about that part of it. But the truth of the matter is, normalcy is mostly back. Brunches and Saturday free shows on the river and nightfall and and gatherings here, gatherings there. And I'm seeing everybody do all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I got to go do that too. And then I forgot about it like two minutes later. Because at, at the end of last week, I'm, an, I'm an, an undiagnosed insomniac. I cannot sleep well at all. I, I hope, I'm not sure yet, but I think I might be growing out of that a little bit. My, mo- my mom tells me about this. She had this problem when she was young and in, in her adult, later adult years, she, her insomnia went away. Maybe this is starting to happen to me. At the end of last week, and it's because it's been such a just nonstop June Thursday and Friday for sure, but probably Wednesday too, I was nodding off at my day job sitting at my desk. Like quite literally, like my head's falling down. Like, I mean, I'm almost sick feeling I'm so tired. That happens before. That's happened to me before, but not days and days and days in a row. And it was, it was really affecting my, my quality of life just throughout the day. I mean, I was there for long hours. I could, you know, there's nothing I could do about it. I, so I just get up, walk around, um, 
I even considered like getting an energy drink or something, but that just would have made me sick because I don't drink caffeine and sugar much. So if I would have added that, that wouldn't have helped. That would have just made me sick. So I didn't do that. So I just walk around and just kind of, you know, just keep the blood flowing. It was a brutal couple of days. And so Sunday or excuse me, uh, Friday night rolls around and uh, I won't break it down hour by hour, but I did the math from Friday night at midnight to about two hours ago is 58 hours. Friday at midnight to about two hours ago. Of those 58 hours this past weekend, I slept or was at least in bed, mostly asleep, for 27 of them. Quite literally half of two and a half days, I was in bed. Saturday, I slept until 1. Then I laid back down at 6. Are you kidding me? 6 p.m. and was out for the rest of the night until the next day at 6 a.m. Got up at 6 a.m. because there's only so often you can sleep. I don't do mornings well, but you can't sleep forever. And then for some reason, I can sleep so well in the middle of the day, in mid-morning, like right now. I could fall asleep on this floor in here while Keon did his, his 11 o'clock hour. I could sleep right here on the floor. I fell back asleep from 9 until 1 o'clock uh, yesterday. And so I am rested and relaxed as I could possibly be, so that's a good thing. But I just, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't stay awake. And, and it, it's just, I'm running myself into the ground and it was just body said enough. Go to bed. Go to sleep. You've had enough. Shut up. Stop it. And I did. And so I didn't look at hardly anything all weekend. Um, I saw Trump did his thing on on Saturday. Yeah, whoopty woohoo. Same old thing. Everybody's stealing. Everybody's lying. Everybody. We're we're oppressed. We're the worst. You know, they're the worst. We're the best. Get some new material, bro. And as long as the guy's not, I know he's still powerful, but as long as he's not an office, you can go, you know, scream into a, 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 a bullhorn and smash pots and pans together all you want. Doesn't bother me none. And uh, Mike Dewar, local uh, music uh, promoter, book sacks, talent buyer, a uh, good friend of many of ours. His 70th birthday was on Saturday. There was a surprise birthday party. I heard about it. I didn't get the details. Didn't matter. I was asleep anyway. And, uh, Declared by the mayor, Tim Kelly, I don't know who spearheaded this and started this, but June 26th, this day going forward, is Mike Dewar Day. There's an official proclamation signed as, whereas, whereas, and all that, you know, typical stuff you see in the calligraphy signed by Tim. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. I thought that was uh, very neat. And I wish I would have gone to uh, the birthday party, but I also needed to sleep, so I'm good there. Let's... um. Jump into the three pieces I got for you here. This is great. Pardon all the beeps, but this foul-mouthed uh, young lady on Twitter who's a huge Braves fan couldn't have said this any better. Again, just a lot of bleeping out here. Um, you think the worst has come? Probably not. Braves country is not happy. This is today's worst idea. I wish a mother would tell me the Atlanta sports curse isn't real. I really do. I really do because I could use the opportunity to punch a fucking hole through somebody's chest. Mike Soroka popped his Achilles tendon again for the second time. Fucking walking. Walking around like we do all day, every fucking day. That's sheesh. That's some Atlanta fucking sports car. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not. You can't. You can't. And to think we all thought rock bottom was when that piece of got arrested a few weeks ago. <laughs> you thought. You fucking thought. We are 50 feet below rock bottom. We are in the basement, y'all. In the basement. There ain't nothing good happening here. I hope you have your breakfast tequila ready because 
We ain't done yet. No, <laughs> the worst has probably not happened yet. This Braves team is a total mess. Uh, she's just some random uh, uh, girl in South Georgia, mid-Georgia or so. Uh, let's blow off another thing, uh, Keon, because it's stupid anyway. I just grabbed it for no good reason because I want to ask you one thing about NC State baseball before we get out of here. Real quick, today's coolest thing on Nougat Radio 92.7. Cool. <laughs> it's time for today's coolest thing. Okay. Brought to you by Seaborn Commercial Refrigeration. Quick at keeping it cool. Stay cool. So cool. All right, so this is just some dude from TikTok, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely simplistic, but brilliant at the same time. And he says that this is for uh, uh, stay-at-home dads. This is not for stay-at-home dads. This is for anybody who wants to get things done. Time versus task. This is today's coolest thing, brought to you by Seaborn Commercial Refrigeration. All right, fellas, here's the stay-at-home dad tip of the day. Work by time, not by task. And get yourself one of these timers. It's magnetic, it stands up, has a nice big face, and it's analog so you can visually track the time passing. Now I'm going to do what I like to call a 10-minute tidy. There are two reasons for this. One, 10 minutes is long enough to get something done, but short enough that I'm actually willing to do it. Two, I am always amazed at how much I can get done in 10 minutes. So why by time and not by task? Because tasks never end. There's always more to do. Cluttered spaces create overwhelm, and overwhelm breeds procrastination. Working by time lets you off the hook to finish. And ironically, you get more done because you're not stuck in your head thinking about how much there is to do. It kind of goes right along with what I'm talking about, wages and time and and getting things done. Such a cool idea. Take 10 minutes and just do something as fast as you can for 10 minutes, and you'll, you'll be amazed at how much you can get done. Time over task. Keep that in the back of your mind. Tasks never end, but time does. And you can be amazed at how efficient you can be if you go from that direction. I've never heard that advice before. That sounds awesome, actually. It's it's perfect. (laughs) It might not work for you every time, but it's a a good mentality to have. Uh, Real quick on the way out here before I get to this Walmart run I had. Uh, NC State, Vanderbilt, uh, NC State had to cancel that game or, or forfeit because of COVID cases. Is that right? I, I believe so. I, I was watching it on, uh, or like watching the news about it on like a Buffalo Wild Wings TV, so I didn't quite catch all of it. Because I, 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 thought, yeah. I thought I caught some, some Twitter rumbling about how there was a lot of refusals to get the vaccine within the program. I don't know if that's true or not, but that, that was some of the rumblings on Twitter. And if, if that's the case and people said we're not getting the vaccine, well, then screw you, NC State. You lost. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened to John Rahm. He, I uh, forgot what tournament it was. He was winning the tournament, and he get, he tests positive for COVID on the Sunday uh, in the PGA, and then he ends up having to forfeit the tournament because he didn't he didn't get vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. Just don't come to the tournament. You don't want to play, but if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. But you're not going to play in the College World Series, so no tears shed on my end. Plus, I like Vanderbilt, so or at least as much as you can like a team you don't hardly care about. Hey, I went to Walmart this weekend. It got me thinking more about time and wages. We'll talk about it next. Radio 92.7. Walmart is greedy. We have a lot of workers that rely on public assistance. Some of them are homeless. Some of them can't afford to live. My company makes billions every day. They could afford 
to pay each and every Walmart associate a living wage. A 2014 report found that in 2013, Walmart cost taxpayers more than $6 billion in public assistance programs by not paying their workers a living wage. Here is a company owned by the Walton family, which is the wealthiest family in this country. We as taxpayers have got to subsidize the employees. The morale of our workers in my store and across the country is very low. We're disposable. The turnover rate is high in all the Walmart stores across the country. Once a worker comes in and they see what it is to work there, they leave. We're understaffed, overworked, and they disrespect us. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. It's a great Johnny Paycheck. Take this job and shove it. Out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. It's Nougat Radio 92.7. It's a Stone on Air radio show, which you can later find at stoneonair.com as a podcast. Matter of fact, I'll just tell you a heads up today. Not that this does any good to the podcast listeners who only get it via the download. I, it won't be up till later today. I can't go home before I have to head uh, to Ottawa. I have to leave straight from here, straight to there. Schedule's going to be a little different this week. It'll be available eventually, just not early afternoon like I planned. That's usually the goal anyway. I'm Brian. He's Keon. Coming up on Friday, we're going to continue having uh, organizers or performers with this year's Valley Vibes Festival. It's not till September, but we're spending Fridays hanging out with, for the next couple of weeks, two bands I'm not familiar with. One I'm very familiar with. This week, Field Hockey. It's the name of the band, Field Hockey. It says, influences ranging from Blink-182 and Sum-41 to Danzig and Blind Melon. That's a hell of a concoction right there. That that is a that's either a wide range, or a, or a mess of a sound. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to hear it. Blink one eighty two, Sum forty one, Danzig, and Blind Melon. Put that in a blender, and I, that's not really what that means. That they sound like, but anyway, we'll find more about that on Friday. So um, on Saturday, this kind of goes back to how many hours did you work? I don't know. Does the hour I stood in line at Walmart count as one of the hours that I worked this week? <laughs> um, I decide I my um, because I, I didn't leave the house and slept literally half the weekend. I thought, okay, well I've spent not a dime, and I am low on a lot of like pantry kind of items. So I was I was I and I needed a couple things that were not just from like the grocery aisle. So I thought, all right, I'm gonna suck it up, and I'm gonna go to Walmart. Because I was going to be getting several items, and I knew that I was going to be getting them for the, for the cheapest at Walmart. So, I and it was another case of those never again moments. Like, as I'm halfway through it, and as I get to the end, for the hundredth time, I'm saying, I'm never doing this again. And then eventually, I'll always do it again. And in the end, it wasn't really that bad. But what Walmart has done now in the last 10, 15, 20 years, however long it is, and nobody, this is not a surprise to anybody, but they have decided that customer service is just not a thing. You're on your own, and you the trade-off is the cheapest prices you're going to get anywhere. I mean, I still, from my vantage point, it's still cheaper than Amazon. Amazon's just more convenient. 
And so there is still a level of, I, I want to get this done now. I like to purchase on Amazon for f- things occasionally, but I'm not going to put a lot of time or effort into to buying things online. I just don't, it's not, a, it's, it can be a quality shopping experience for me, but generally speaking, not really, because I kind of like to touch and feel and see the things before I purchase them. But that depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about dental floss, toothbrush, you know, shampoo, I don't need to touch and feel that. But so I could, you know, I can, I can go either way. But there is a certain level of I just want to get this done. I've got a list and I'm going to go now. And so I went and got my stuff. Overall, it wasn't that bad. It felt like to me that it was not that busy of a day. I was wrong. It was busier than I realized. And they don't have hardly any cash registers open. Every one of them was like five deep, five shopping carts deep. And I had way too much stuff to do the scan your own. And sometimes there is a level of me that's like, I don't want to scan my own stuff. I'm coming here to you to purchase. I want you to scan it for me. And we've all got a super computer on your phone. So just suck it up. It's kind of like the stock market. Don't try to, don't try to time the aisles. Just park yourself in one. If you see one moving a little quicker than yours, I mean, if you feel like playing that game, go right ahead. I just find one, park it, pull out my phone, and suck it up. Tell myself I'll never do it again, but then likely do it again. So I'm looking around and people watching. Because I forgot my headset, so I couldn't watch TikTok videos because it would have been too loud. And, you know, I don't want to be that guy with my phone blaring in line. So I did a little people watching more than anything. And then I started looking at all the buggies and all the lines and how much stuff was in each one of them. And and, and more specifically to the line that I was in. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, because I got a lot of $10 items. And if you get like five or six $10 items, your grocery bill is going to get high really quick. And so that was the reason for going to Walmart to get the cheapest prices I could. My, My bill for my buggy was $135. Which you know, I was hoping to keep it at a hundred. I, I went over by about thirty-five, and so then I started looking at the quite literally four to five buggy loads in front of me, and two of them were massive. One was a combination of of grocery and like clothes and you know b- bigger ticket items. Somebody had a big maybe like a microwave. I, I I couldn't tell exactly, but it was a big load of of a buggy. Then the one behind them was a huge load of just uh, grocery primarily and then two or three others in front of me were smaller but still quite a few items too many to go to the scan yourself or at least most people would think too many to go to scan yourself aisle so then i started doing the math and i did i did a not exact timer but i i I looked at the clock and, and and realized that i was in that line for about 20 minutes from the time i parked it to the time i walked out meaning parked it in the back of the line it was about 20 minutes. It might have been a little bit more, but at least 20 minutes. And I started to do the math in my head. The, the buggies that were the first ones up, that were the fullest, were at least $100 purchases, but probably closer to $150. But we'll, we'll just say, we'll say $150 to start with. Now, just for the fun of it, we'll say $100 each. Add in mine which is 135. Again, theirs was more than 100, but I'm going to go conservative on the numbers. So there's $335 for three of the five or six buggy loads in 20 minutes. Let's just say the other three are 50 each. 
So that's another 150. So that's 335 plus 150 at 100. That's 435 at 50 more. That's 485. That's almost $500. And I'm going low. I bet it's more like five or six. That's almost $500 worth of merchandise sales in 20 minutes. Now, the hour before that, there was probably, this is Sunday afternoon. This is a busy day. The hour before that, very likely the same amount, if probably not more. So I'm only talking 20 minutes. So let's double that. Let's say $1,000 worth of merchandise in one line in one hour. We'll say the front and back of that hour, another 1000 One, two, three. That's $3,000 worth of merchandise sales in three hours. We'll just say that they do this for another couple of hours. Now you're talking four to $5,000 worth of merchandise at one register. One register, one afternoon at one store. Now, the lady who's the cashier is just, you know, working herself to death. Just ding, 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 over and over and over and over again. She was a nice enough, pleasant person. She wasn't over the top nice, but that's fine. She has no reason to be in a great mood. Probably makes $12.50 an hour. $12.50. We'll just say, for the fun of it, it's 15. Fine. Let's call it 15. So you're telling me that somebody at somebody's register that has upwards of five grand worth of merchandise sales over the course of about a four or five hour afternoon, you can justify paying the person who puts those numbers into your system $12.50 to 15 bucks an hour? That's... That's not how, that's that, that's not an effective way to run your multi-million dollar operation. I already know all the, the backlash I'm going to get from a lot of this, so you can save it. I know I know the, the the arguments back and forth. I can argue both of these, but why not in the world that I always want to have, where we eliminate hourly pay in many situations? Why can't we tell that lady or that person or that man or that woman or whoever it is, hey, when you work the busiest time of the of the of the day of the week, we'll give you 125 bucks for five hours of work, six hours of work, seven hours, of work, however many hours you want to make it. I don't care about the hours. We'll give you 125 dollars a day to process all this, all this merchandise sales. We'll do that five days a week. I'm not saying every person in the in the, in the all of Walmart gets paid this. I'm talking about just certain dedicated areas like this, the cashier. And what you do that five out five days a week. So that math is six hundred and twenty-five dollars a week. Sounds okay until you do the math over the course of a year. That's thirty-two five. That's thirty-two and a half thousand dollars a year. Just barely over the poverty line. You can't afford to buy a house, you can't buy a car, at least it's not from a, a predatory lender. You can't live a very high quality of life on thirty-two five. And if you do the math on the hours, I'm telling you. She or he is making 20 to $25 an hour on the numbers I just gave you. So you're telling me processing three and four and $5,000 worth of merchandise sales in just a short afternoon is not worth paying that employee $125. I'm making up numbers. Fine, make it 100 You know what you could do? You could have a here, we're going to pay you $100 a day. And if you hit the $5,000 mark on merchandise sales today, we'll give you a bonus of $25 a day. You don't think that employee would be? plowing through those orders, trying to be as 
pleasant and as friendly as possible to get as many customers through the line as fast as possible so she can hit that, he or she hit that $5,000, again, all making up numbers, but hit that $5,000 number that gives her an extra $25 a day. And if you did that five days a week, that would be an extra $125 a week just so you can make $32,500. I hope without me screaming the exact point, the point's becoming pretty clear. Even if we paid them, quote-unquote, a livable wage, which I think is very fair, it's still on the lower end, but it's still livable. 32 and a half is livable. It ain't a great life, and if you've got a couple of kids, there ain't much left over. But that's paying them 20 to $25 an hour if you want to sit around and bore me with hourly wage conversation because I don't care how much money you make an hour. I care how much money you make a year. How much money you make a week. So even at the most crummy, crappy run Walmarts, they're still packed and tens of thousands of dollars a day in in merchandise sales. And we're paying the cashiers $12.50 an hour. You think you're going to get excited employees? You think you're going to get motivated employees? You think you're going to get quality production out out of this kind of mess? Of course you're not. The customers are unhappy. The employees are unhappy. It's just a miserable place to be. But I guess if the bottom line is good for the, you know, for the corporate heads at the top, they're happy. But why can't you in some situations say, hey, you're producing, you're producing a lot of money here. You're in charge of something that's pretty important. We're not going to pay you by the hour. We're going to pay you a flat fee. And then if you hit a sales goal, we're going to give you a bonus. How is that radical? How does that not make any sense? And again, I made up all those numbers, but they're they're close to where where they where they should be, or where they probably are going to be. But instead, that girl woman's probably making seventeen thousand dollars a year and starving to death. Good for you, Walmart. Good for you. Oh, we pay fifteen dollars an hour. Great. Good for you. Snooker Radio ninety two point seven. Put the wraps on the show next. Got a couple of different directions I can go. We'll see. I'm Brian. He's Keon. Hot, 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 hot Monday. Final Monday of June. Y'all hang tight, and we will wrap this thing up coming up next. One of these days, I'm going to blow my top, and that sucker, he's going to pay. Stone on air on Nougat Radio 92.7. So I am confirming today that the death toll is at nine. As the death toll rose to nine Sunday with more than 150 people still missing, rescue teams kept picking through the rubble of the Miami area condo building that collapsed last week. Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava said the additional bodies and human remains were found as the rescue team dug a massive trench through rubble overnight. Officials remained hopeful more survivors would be found in air pockets that may have formed in the pancaked debris. The searchers, including experts sent by Israel and Mexico, are using drones, sonar, dogs, and infrared scanners. Meanwhile, questions swirl about the tower's structural integrity. Surfside officials have released documents including an engineer's report from 2018 that found major structural damage beneath the pool deck and concrete deterioration in the underground parking garage of the 12-story building. Before all of this, ever when death 
Snooker Radio 92.7. Stone on Air Radio and Podcast. Brian and Keon with you for the next 10 minutes or so. Before all this went down, you were just a face in the crowd. And when tragedy hits, it doesn't pull at my heartstrings until I can identify with it. When I first heard about this condo collapsing in uh, Miami... I guess at the end of last week, Thursday or Friday. And the headline was one dead. And I was like, it's a miracle. There's only one? That's amazing. Well, that was before I took a harder look at what's going on, what the actual devastation is. Only one's dead because they haven't been able to find all the rest of them. Um... The video footage that's from a surveillance camera from across the street is horrifying. It's it's almost, I hate to do this, but I will just to give you a little bit of a visual. It's almost like the Twin Towers falling style. It was the middle section falls and just a, a, a horrifically huge swath of the side of the building. Kind of the middle part. It's kind of like a U, like not a full U, but like a... Uh, I mean, you know what condos on the beach side look like. Middle falls, and you think, oh, my God, what could be worse? Oh, I, I don't know. The other side falls a minute or so later. And that was just some, I don't remember, I found you know YouTube news report where there had been a uh, some kind of inspection that said that there was some deteriorating concrete in the uh, parking deck, which... I think we would all be appalled if we found out how many buildings built over 30 years ago, 40 years ago, probably have a lot of deteriorating everything. Upkeep is still something the most well put together and amazing structures and condos and high rises. Upkeep is still something that is on the bottom of the list for people to do, whether it's your home or your business building or your, you know, Sky rise, uh, uh, tall ass building. What am I trying to say? Skyscraper. Um, maintenance is always on the bottom of the list. And I got to thinking because I was just at a condo three weeks ago that was a very similar uh, layout. And it's got the parking deck, not completely underground, but it's all underneath the structure. And it's really narrow. And the older I get, the more I get fear of heights and claustrophobia. The idea of being in a tight, tight spot where I can't move is a is a terrifying. I'm I'm getting almost trembles thinking about it now. Because seriously, like these are real phobias. I didn't even believe in phobias till you know five years ago. And even when I was at the condo the other day, we were on the fourth and sixth floor, not that high up. I had trouble. Like, I can't lean against the rail on the balcony. I can't do it. I have to stand over by the wall and by the door. I just, I, I don't, I, I can't do it. I can't look down. And when I parked in this parking deck, all the way at the top of the parking deck, which would have been, you know, right above me is the ground floor of whatever level of the condo is. So I'm kind of, I'm high up in the deck, but not really, but I'm right there in the middle of, of just 
packed in, tiny, tiny packed in areas. And I was even uncomfortable trying to park my car under there. And it didn't move for the whole weekend. And, it, you know, I didn't put any thought of it at that point other than, oh, this is a little uncomfortable. Well, then I think about if this fell in the same way that this condo did in Miami, it would have crushed all these four levels of decking and all the cars that are, there wasn't an empty spot. So why would it move the cars? Like if you leave, you, won't, you probably won't have a spot when you get back. Crush all these cars in, all the condos on top of it, everything that's inside the condos, just, I don't know how nice they were. They look like they were probably pretty nice. And it just crumbles in on top of each other, all that concrete, all those cars, all that gasoline in every one of those cars on two sides. It's unimaginable. There's nobody alive in there. I, I don't think There's so. There's nobody alive in there. I, I haven't watched too much of it, mostly because I can't stand to. I just did last night because I wanted to know more before I started talking about it. Because I, I, I told you I was asleep all weekend. I didn't look at any headlines. And last I heard, only one dead. That's a pretty good story, right? When I looked at it, I was like, no, this isn't a good story at all. And then the headline is, one, you know, the local here from, uh, or not local, but from the, uh, the Times Free Press, Associated Press, families frustrated at pace of condo rescue. And it's understandable that the family would be, families would be, irritated that things aren't moving along but i mean you got to be methodical about this if, if they are if there were to be this hopeful pockets of areas which is just a pipe dream that this is actually because there's fires there's been storms it's it's horrifically nightmare of a situation and when i'm thinking back like i don't know that i'll be able to stay in a condo like that again first of all i didn't really like it to begin with i'd rather have something different like maybe a smaller little town home kind of thing, just for my own personal preference. There's a very good chance I'll never stay in a condo like that again because that was the exact same structure we were just in. And it just, in my, now my mind is all I can think of is all of this, all these cars, all this concrete. I don't know how many people were in these uh, condos. I don't know if they were all owned and people lived there and, and, and they were just like beach homes or if they were rented out. I didn't get that far with it. But is it, whatever the number is of people that are, quote, unquote, unaccounted for, they're not alive anymore. And to sit there and think, you know, as a loved one and, and hope and somehow trick yourself into thinking, I mean, there's always a miracle. I get it. Miracles do happen. Miraculous things do happen. But in this case, I just don't see it. And... Uh, Man, is that a that is that just a heartbreaking? And it goes to show you that it doesn't matter how nice something is—a big concrete structure. That's this look. This looks like this is probably one of these condos that was built in. I'm guessing the 70s, maybe um, the one I was in the other day. Probably about that. That's a long time ago. That's a long, long, long time ago. And you'd be amazed at the inefficiency of overall capitalism and business in America. I'm not here to say capitalism is bad. I'm just saying the way that our process works in America and how we conduct business on a daily basis, you would be shocked at how inefficient most companies are run. From maintenance to employee relations to customer relations to just efficiency of production. You know, some run better than others. Chick-fil-A is a well-oiled fast food machine. For every Chick-fil-A, there's a McDonald's falling in on itself. 
There's a Burger King that hasn't been, you know, cleaned efficiently in, in, in 10 years. There's there's countless other just deteriorating properties in that world. For every uh, radio station that's got that looks beautiful, there's 20 others that you know are held together by duct tape. For every brand new high rise in in wherever the development hotspot is of Southern California or Florida, wherever it might be, for every brand new high rise and an amazing property. There's places like the one in Miami that had documented deterioration of concrete in the parking decks and a pool, something about the pool. I mean, obviously that doesn't matter as much. But deteriorating concrete in the parking decks, you don't think that that might have led to a little bit of instability? I'm telling you, it's more times than not when I have conversations with people in their line of work and their line of business There are a lot of horror stories of how inefficient many, many, many American companies are because all we're worried about is making four more dollars. If we can skimp out over here to make four more dollars over here, that's what we'll do. And uh, all of us homeowners are are guilty of it. You know how many things I ignore that are falling apart on my house because I'd rather have extra money to go do this. I could spend $150 to fix this, and, or I could spend $150 and go out for the weekend. Well, most times over the last decade and a half, I've picked go out for the weekend. So we're all guilty of it. And I don't know, I don't have a greater point, I don't guess, other than that. But, um, yeah, I mean, tragedy happens every day. And unless I can identify with it, I just kind of look at the headline and move right, all, right along. And is that right? Am I, you know, does that make me a ignorant person who doesn't pay attention to things? Maybe. But when I see something that I can totally identify with it, I almost obsess over it. And I spent a, a long time last night once I realized how bad it was. And I was seeing that surveillance video of one side coming down and the next coming down after that. And just thinking how many people were in there, how many cars were crushed, how, how much concrete is pancaked that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is terrifying. Appreciate you guys being here, guys and gals. My name is Brian. I'm out of here. Gary and Ty will be with you on Tuesday. I'm going to sleep in again tomorrow. We'll do it again on Wednesday. It's hot as hell out there. Summer is finally here. 90s for the next few days. Keon will talk Hawks, College World Series, and other things sports coming up next. See you later. Bye.